yeah, no, we'll, uh, it's a rainy day, we'll be chill, and then whatever happens, happens. So we'll hit record, and then we'll see how it goes. Okay, love it. Yo, welcome to my summer lair. I'm your host, Sammy. My evil counterpart in the mirror universe also wears a goatee. You name we got a sci-fi movie for today's conversation. Or is it? About 14 minutes into my conversation with director Virginia Ambramovich, she reveals between waves, it's a love story, but then it's like this weird love story where there's very little love. <laughs> and there's actually a lot to love. There's also a mystery in the middle. A disappearance with unique sci-fi elements, such as the ability to travel between dimensions. What? I wonder if that's responsible for one character's disappearance. He's not gone, he's just not here. More than just between ways, Virginia and I discussed the original Star Trek series, which of course introduced us to the Mirror Universe and the goatee Spock. Brian Green, a theoretical physicist, and telling Toronto stories in film. Surf's up. Let's get into Between Waves. And by the way, congratulations. Between Waves got into the Philip K. Dick Film Festival. That's a good uh, sci-fi nerdy film festival. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got it played in a few sci-fi like nice ones that I'm really happy about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I guess it kind of it's got to be a weird thing because like I guess you can't travel to all these film festivals at this time and you can't attend the screenings and like yeah. Yeah, it also won like best feature at Boston Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. That would have been also so cool to go to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have like a like a twenty four hour. They just run. Uh, sci-fi films mm-hmm. back to back and they just have like 24 hours of, of they just do like the pull well in in real time mm-hmm. but not like anyways it would have been really fun to do things like that yeah so. yeah so now are you ready to talk about uh traveling between dimensions okay i'll do my best All right. <laughs> <laughs> so between waves uh, is uh your debut film congratulations you've co-written it so why do you want to tell this story as like your debut, as like your film introduction? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think it was a story that, um, it, I don't know, it, I became fascinated with it. Um, I became interested in telling it. And then um, as, I, as, I, as I developed it and I did it with my co-writer, Catherine Andrews, um, it sort of, it, I don't know, it, it drew me and the, uh, the character Jamie, as we developed the story, um, also sort of became really relevant and, and started to really play this. But I've, I've had this idea of telling the story for a long time um, of uh, somebody dealing with grief and guilt and um, overcoming that um, mm-hmm. and loss. So I don't know. It was a story that was in me. So I wanted to tell it. The the grief and the loss I get because the the title too is between waves right between waves is like grief and loss and I get yeah. that part but then where did all like the sci fi and traveling into other dimensions kind of factor in because <laughs> most of us experience uh, grief yeah. most of us are not lucky enough to, to travel into 
<laughs> other dimensions. Um, well, part of the re- part of the thing I wanted to look at was was mental illness, um, and um, and that place where people are who who experience mental illness, which is like in this place where they're um, kind of uh, living in reality, but living in their own reality, mm-hmm. and um, and it's an interesting like I've I've lived with somebody that um, was going through like bipolar episodes. And, um, and it was, so it was interesting to see and to kind of question my own sort of, oh, well, you know, it's just our brains interpreting our reality. And so it's just a different interpretation. And then when you start to think about that, then you start to question Mm -hmm. your own reality. And so it, it kind of led into, um, I don't know, it, it, went well with this whole, with the whole idea of, of, of exploring different multiverses and, and questioning our own existence, um, questioning whether uh, there are different versions of ourselves um, or, or, you know, it's the same. I mean, you could look at it as, as a question of, um, you know, as a question of your mind or as a question of like actually physically existing in different planes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're different things or if they're the same, right? Because in the end, it's your mind that interprets everything sorry yeah. i just went into i just went into a big loop no no no. <laughs> but it makes sense what you're saying because um i guess it, i don't know if it's necessarily bad or good but like one of the aspects of mental illness most mental illness is that it traps you in the present right like you're either depressed or you're anxious or whatever you're in this present moment you're not necessarily kind of time traveling right where like when you fall in love you start thinking about future possibilities Right. You think about future dates, certain things. And so you kind of mentally start to time travel. You're not just in the present with this relationship, but you're time traveling. Right. And that, those are the two kind of parallel tracks that ran through the film. Is that off? Yeah. And well, there's also I mean, there's in the film, there's also uh, a, the backstory is told backwards. Um, and we find out what happened but we start at five years and we go backwards in time. So there's also looking back mm-hmm. and there's, and there, so there's, there's a lot of crossing of things. There's crossing of realities of parallel dimensions, but there's also crossing of timelines and going back and forth. So that's, that's part of, that's another part of the story. Um, and there's a story that unfolds forward and a story that goes backwards um, you, into the past. Yeah. So you talked about like, living with someone in terms of the mental illness, your film rings true. Like there's an authenticity to it. I guess you did some sort of research, I guess, for traveling in time and multi-dimensions and stuff. Did you get to travel? Yeah. The, yeah I, I read, uh, there's a, there, I read Brian Greene, mm-hmm. um, who talks, who's, who's a, a quantum physicist and he writes, I think he's a, he's a, anyways, he theorizes about quantum physics and multiverses. And he's, uh, got really cool books that he's written that, you know, when you, you, you can only read a few pages at a time and then you have to think about it <laughs> and then you, then you go on. Um, so uh, definitely was an influence and made me really think about it. Um, and yeah, I think, am I answering the question? I'm sorry. I kind of got distracted. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> yeah. Was, well, Cause I want to get deeper into your nerdery now. Right. Cause it's like, yeah. There are some sci-fi elements of as we've already touched upon in in uh, between waves. So, like, what are some of your? I know this is a big question, but do your best with it. But like, what kind of like sci-fi movies or TV shows or books 
make you the the nerd that you are? Oh, I I I read sci-fi since I was a teen. I got into um, uh, there was I, there was a series of books called uh, the Blue Mount. Oh, is it Blue Mountains? What is that one? Uh, there's three of them, and there's there. Uh, it's it. Anyways, that was it, that was the first set of sci-fi mm -hmm. stuff that I read. Then I read a lot of Arthur C. Clarke, um, Isaac Asimov, um, and uh, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think of um, New Romancer. I can't remember the the. Uh, oh, William Gibson. William Gibson. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, recently, I, re I read uh, uh, Born. That was really cool. Have you read that one? No. What's that one? Tell me. Tell me. Oh, that one is really neat. It's it's a mo it's a very modern sci-fi world, but where uh, it's gen genetic genetic engineering becomes part of the world. Mm -hmm. So the the whole um, the whole premise is is that it's uh, this society that's basically uh, consists of a lot of uh, it's genetics engineering gone really really wrong. As it always so, does. <laughs> as it always does. As it always does. Yeah. I hope not. I uh, but it's kind of like it's it's technology and genetic. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very very cool. Um, so that um, kind of got me thinking about another 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 story that I'm I'm working on right now. But um, yeah. Why did you gravitate as a little as a little girl? Then why did you gravitate towards those stories? Yeah, it was probably like you? more like mid-teens, but I don't know. It's, inter um, it's interesting why. I'm not sure why, um, um, but they, it's, it was, it uh, informed my, it, it got my imagination going a mm. lot more than um, like just a straight story. Yeah. To me, that was really exciting. And I think that sci-fi explores um, issues of, of humanity and human nature by like kind of stepping outside so you're not we're not in our it's it's what if it's looking at um you know i, I was really into uh star trek the original one mm -hmm. captain kirk with with spock and captain kirk mm -hmm. and it was just like i mean maybe that's what was on tv with reruns but mm -hmm. <laughs> that was you know it was uh it it captured my imagination um, Star Trek. Margaret Atwood also yeah. was really has some really great sci-fi stuff. That yeah. But Star Trek's a great example of what you're talking about because it's like they operate as metaphor, right? So it's not necessarily like mm -hmm. like the Klingons were originally kind of like the Russians, right? That was where the that Cold War and all that kind of stuff, that fear, the Red Scare, and all that kind of came from. It's hard to see that now, right? When you look at how the Klingons evolved, but like so that as a metaphor was a way to kind of like talk about that and give that kind of fear some language. Uh, but also then some hope as well with between like the diplomacy and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's what good sci-fi does. Um, it's, it becomes a metaphor for looking at ourselves. And uh, it's, it's kind of like an, uh, a very introspective way because you're able to focus on one issue or one, like, like you said, like, you know, you're able to focus on, because you you take it out of of the context of our lives, mm -hmm. it's almost like the same idea when you travel, right? And you look back at your life and you go, "Oh, <laughs> like you know, you, you all of a sudden you see all these things about yourself." So for me, that's always been an interesting way 
of looking at humanity by doing it through a sci-fi lens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then sticking with this idea of traveling, um, <laughs> especially traveling between dimensions, and as a nerd and as a sci-fi fan, like how excited were you to build a universe with like rules and physics and like, you know what I mean? Like you had to build this kind of world. Yeah. So what was that like being an architect now uh, on the flip side, you went from sci-fi fan to architect. What's it like to be an architect? That was a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of fun, but it was also hard because you, you start to build rules and then you're like, Oh, but that's not going to work because this doesn't make sense now. And this, you know, so, um, it, it's fun. It's fun to create a world that's going to that's gonna facilitate what you want it to do mm-hmm. because there's a story that you're trying to tell um, and so your world has to play along and accommodate the, the things that the characters need to do. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a lot of fun. It's, um, and it's playful and it's fun to... You know, what's this device going to look like? What's, uh, you know, wasn't, it, you know, this one, you know, very, very low, low tech, more conceptual, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you Water know, thinking. Water was the conduit. Yeah. And, right. and, and thinking like how, how we were going to, you know, play with, with perception and play with bringing in the, like, you know, how, how are we going to film it? How were we going to, um, uh, make it make it all work. It was it it brings in like another uh, another element of of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, but it, it's interesting because like when you see the trailer or some of the clips or whatever online, it doesn't necessarily seem right away like a sci-fi film the way that most people would interpret a sci-fi film. You know what I mean? It's not that there's a lot of like devices yeah. or like a Stargate or something, right? It does come across like. Uh, a, a romance or like uh, a lost love and then all of a sudden there's like the sci-fi just shows up kind of like a neat like a magic yeah. trick I, I have to I have to say it's it's really like it's not it's not like super sci-fi it, definitely not mm-hmm. and it's not um, it's very cross genre I would say it's the best way to explain it because it's not you know it's not it's not a thriller but there's a thriller element to it mm-hmm. and it's there's like a mystery in there and, a, you know, trying to solve a murder or a disappearance, right? Mm-hmm. There's all those things. It just, I, I have to say, it just came out this way. Yeah. No, it's a good way to come <laughs> and, out. And yeah. it's not fitting. It doesn't fit into like a, a, a complete peg, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not exactly, it's a love story, but then it's, it's like this weird love story where there's very little love. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So it um, it turned out this way. Would you say then that like the way you're talking now, like would you consider this film kind of mirroring the creative process as well? Especially what Isaac went through. Isaac was one of the main characters and the physicist in the film, where like he sees all these different things in his head, all these possibilities in his head, and he wants to kind of get them out or connect with them or bring them into the real world, quote unquote, into the real world. Like, does it mirror the creative process as well? Uh, yeah, I think so. We, we were, we did a lot of like, we wrote the script, then broke it down, then rewrote it all. Like we would go back and forth. There would be, uh, there was a lot of the creative process in general with, um, with everything. 
it's in a way it mirrors it for sure. And a lot of scenes in between waves takes place in Toronto's Kensington Market. Uh, one of the characters even mentions the Horseshoe Tavern. Have you seen this band at the Horseshoe Tavern? <laughs> like, you could shoot this down, but was there any sort of desire or, I guess, interest in, like, kind of contributing to Toronto's, like, film mythology? This obviously takes place in Toronto. A bulk of it takes place in Toronto. And, uh, no? Yes? It's no? just, it's my, it's my mythology. It's where I, okay. it's places that I, you know, it's places that I think are, are, interesting mm -hmm. or places where I where I go like I I, I you know there's uh the the you know the bar is the junk is a, in the junction mm -hmm. where I used to you know I, I was there and I'm like I'm gonna film here one day I love this place right um Kensington Market I mean I've gone there since I was a kid mm -hmm. so um when when I think of telling a story I'm thinking how am I gonna visually tell it and what are the places I want to I want my characters to be in or to have to, so yeah, so, so it, it's, um, and the Azores was like, I have to, I have <laughs> to tell a story here. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm a visual person. And mm -hmm. so when I, when I'm like, when I'm in a place, I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm even guilty of like having a conversation and thinking, and uh, as I'm having a conversation, I think how I'm going to, break it down and shoot it hmm. it's really messed up yeah so yeah so um yeah so it's just it's played sorry i don't know why i told you this um <laughs> but That's good. uh yeah it's it's like i go to places and i think and when i'm there i i think oh i'd love to shoot here mm -hmm. and this was my chance to do it so yeah because it's it's just interesting because like even the movies that are set in Toronto, you don't really see a lot of like Kensington Market and things like that, like little pockets like that of Toronto, which is why I was like getting. My, it's my Toronto. <laughs> yeah, it's your Toronto, right? Like everybody, if you watch a lot of movies, then you've already been to New York City and you've been to LA, right? Like we've seen all those streets and those bad alleyways and things like that. So it's interesting that you were able to capture this little like these really cool pockets and sections of Toronto. You know, it was fun. Um, the uh... The, the sound editor, the uh, dialogue editor for this film. Uh, so we were hanging out and he, he's a bike, he bikes a lot, right? So mm -hmm. he, he knows Toronto really well. And he literally, met, he could, he could from the film pinpoint every street corner. Oh, wow. <laughs> He'd be like, okay, that's Dover Court. Okay. That's... <laughs> wow. So, yeah. so yeah, if you know Toronto, you'll, you, you, I guess you'll appreciate the, some of my locations. <laughs> okay. And it, it, what you're saying too, like how you can't quote unquote turn it off and you're always like seeing things visually. I, your IMDb lists a number of film positions, right? Uh, production coordinator, AD, production manager, cinematographer. Did working in these various different film positions, did they make you a better director? Sort of like a film school almost? Yeah, absolutely. I would, first of all, cinematographer, I only filmed one thing and that was just because I was, I was uh, in, in, um, in a situation where I had nobody else to film it. I'm not a cinematographer. <laughs> just want to clarify that. Um, that was just a, a little documentary, a little documentary short that mm -hmm. I happened to, to be in, in, in the right place at the right time with a, with a DSLR. It wasn't yeah. even a proper camera. Um, That's a hard job too, the cinematographer, like to get it. Like a skilled one is incredible. Like it adds so much to the film. Well, that's, you can't, 
I mean, that's that's the person that's going to translate everything into movement, into light, into mm -hmm. um, into framing. It's it's yeah, it's like your top key create. It's one, you know the top key creative people: mm -hmm. your cinematographer, your editor, your um, sorry composer, production designer, like. Those which are is, your yeah, which is sad. Because I'd those, say first AD. I'd I'd add first AD to that. Yeah, which is sad because those are the the roles that we don't tend to celebrate, right? We're like when people talk about films, uh, like they know who the actors are and they'll know some of the directors. Maybe sometimes like the general public will know like a writer or two, and then it starts to fade. And I'm like, but like it's a village. Like when you've been on a, especially on a larger film set, it's a village of people that are all working in concert to like make this thing happen. Absolutely. Sorry, I would say my actors are also definitely key creative. Um, costume designer is really important too. There's a lot of like very, I mean, every role is really, really important because you have to do it right. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, things fall through the cracks. But um, sorry, uh, you asked me about your experiences. Uh, my experiences. So I started, I didn't go to film school um, in university. I studied, I did uh, mass communications and political science and then took a few film classes. And when I got out, I said, okay, I actually really want to make films because I did take some film classes at the end of my um, sort of my, my university career. And then I uh, just started to work on film sets. So I, I worked as an assistant director for a long time, but I also, because I, oh, like I produced my own films and or co-produced them and stuff. So I, uh, coordinated. I just wanted to learn about filmmaking and I just want to say you could never learn enough. Mm -hmm. I am learning every time I make a film, I learn and that's why it's so important to have good creative partners and really knowledgeable people around you. Um, I, I, I'm always learning. That's what I love about um, filmmaking. Um, so yeah, so I, so I worked in the industry for a long time. Filmmaking and, uh, is just solving problems, right? That's what it boils down to. <laughs> it's a travel. It's yeah. a traveling circus, yeah. and it's never, it never quite fits in anywhere you bring it. Mm -hmm. And there's always, there's always something. But yeah, it's it's um, it. I I I feel very very fortunate that I get a chance to tell my stories on on film because it's it's such a amazing process. And you said, uh, I know Between Waves has just come out on uh, various on-demand uh, platforms on September 21. What's the date? September 22, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> time has no meaning, right? We're all like time travelers now. <laughs> yeah. So, I know that Between Waves has just come out on those uh, video on-demand platforms. Uh, but uh, you said you're already working on your, your next project then. It's also going to be sci-fi related. It is, but not necessarily that I only tell sci-fi stories. I tell other stories as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I work a lot right now as a director for hire. So I, I do just, I just made a Christmas movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I do other things as well. But yeah, this, I, I don't know. I'm, I can't like, I have other stories, but this one again happens to be a sci-fi. Mm -hmm. um, more, more focused on looking at, at family, looking at, what we're doing with our, to our children and how we're with technology through technology and our relationship to um, ourselves and our bodies and technology. Mm -hmm. 
Oh. And uh, Between Waves has also been in a number of film festivals. Are, is that going to keep touring? Any Is there any more upcoming film festivals or that's it? No, because once it goes on video on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shoot. I should have changed. I says chopsticks here. That's <laughs> fine. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, should, I should change it. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Uh, there we go. How about that? There um, we go. <laughs> Hello, uh, yeah, there is no more uh, festivals because mm-hmm. now, now that it comes out on video on demand, um, if it's an online festival, it conflicts with the video on demand. Most festivals are online and mm-hmm. it's because um, I just had to say no to a few festivals recently that mm-hmm. we got into because now it's now that it's coming out on video on demand. Um, and then also like this festivals want, you know, to have a premiere, some exclusivity and um now it's done so it's now it's finished the festival run okay so just if people want to check it out uh go to like apple tv or the cineplex store mm-hmm. um it's google it's there. play a whole bunch of them yeah i'll put the link up uh where can people find you online to talk to, to you about the original star trek about traveling between dimensions <laughs> Uh, filmmaking or even between waves too I guess they can even ask questions about between waves where can people find you online sure. uh, so the so the there's uh, Twitter uh, Instagram and uh, on Facebook between waves has accounts on all of those mm-hmm. between waves film um, so they're welcome to or or there's also through our, I don't know if there's a way to contact us through the website to contact me through the website there might be I have to double check um, there's also, what's our, it's, I think it's between, between wavesfilm at gmail.com is, is okay. the email address. I can always throw it into the show links, uh, as a, as sure, a, I'll send it to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to talk to people if they want to, um, discuss, uh, discuss their, their travel plans. <laughs> yes. Between dimensions. <laughs> Interdimensional <laughs> travel plans. Yeah. I'd love to hear uh, well, that's it. We covered quite a bit. We covered that you liked the original Star Trek, uh, that you worked in many different uh, film departments, uh, film roles, and that uh, between ways... oh yeah, I mean I also like a lot of other mm-hmm. a lot of other sci-fi films. Um, Christopher, I'm a huge fan of Christopher Nolan. And did you like Tenant? Of- this is a tangent now. We're done. But like, did you like Tenant? Okay, like- if you're not recording, we can discuss this. All right. That was director Virginia Abramovich. Her feature film is Between Waves and I Am Sammy Yunan. From the various on-demand platforms you can find Between Waves, you can also check it out on Hoopla, the Toronto Public Library streaming service. It's like Netflix for pop culture via the library. How fresh is that? Virginia mentioned Brian Greene. His fifth book, Until the End of Time, came out in 2020. I sadly have not read any of them. I have a homework to do, but so do you. Check out James Glick's Time Travel, A History. Time Travel, A History. That's the name of the book, which definitely documents this wonderful phenomenon, including our relationship to time, the origins of the time travel concept, and so much more. This nonfiction book is fantastic. It's sweeter than a TARDIS and funner than a DeLorean.
That's your homework. Thank you for hanging out with me in a Netflix world. Traveling between dimensions, yo.